This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. She told me she's been working in elections her entire life. Never before has she had to have conversations with the FBI and with Homeland Security mm. uh, before Election Day. The climate really has changed. And I did also, Yasmin, ask the dreaded question about timeline. Yeah. We will not be expecting results on November 8th. <laughs> we don't know when exactly we will get them, but it's not going to be on election night here, yeah. Yasmin. Yeah. So ask the question, the dreaded timeline question, when we might get results out of Philadelphia, one of the bigger uh, populations in the state. It is not going to be on November 8th. We will not get results out of Philly on election night, Katie. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to remind folks. Uh, don't expect the election results yeah. to come in immediately. Uh, like 2020, it takes some time to count the mail-in ballots to count the early voting, especially in counties or, or, or states like like where Dasha is, where you can't start it uh, before Election Day. Um, I don't know that I have ever voted for a Democrat, but if I lived in Arizona, I absolutely would. You have a candidate for governor, Carrie Lake. You have a candidate for secretary of state, Mark Fincham, both of whom have said that they will only honor the results of an election if they agree with it. And if you care about the survival of our republic, we cannot give people power who will not honor elections. We must have elected officials who honor that responsibility. I tell you, uh, it is Friday, 28 October in the year of our Lord, 2022. What are we, 12 away, 11 and a wake up uh, from the biggest, most important midterm since 1862. Dave Bratt, uh, Dean of the Business School of Liberty uh, University, is my wingman. Uh, I want to thank uh, Dave. Dave, thank you. And I've got uh, yeah. off the top, Jenny Beth Martin and Jane Zirkel. Dave, thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, Dave, I've got to ask you for Jenny Beth. When they're sitting there, and I want everybody to understand, they're putting the cards on the table, all of a sudden MSNBC saying, oh, yeah, it's going to take. Don't expect, don't expect any results out of Philadelphia in the first night. Don't expect any results at the first night. It's going to take us a couple of days. Bratt. And we want everybody to understand there's zero probability or possibility they're going to steal this. We're going to be all over this, and we've already got volunteers. We've got people everywhere. But, Brett, tell me how that strikes you when we're 10, 11, 12 days out, and they're already giving you a heads up. And Arizona is the exact same situation. Josh Shapiro, Katie Hobbs, they're directly responsible. They're the chain of command out there in both these states to take care and sort this mess out for 2020. Had two years to do it. And here we are two years later, and we're in the same mess. And But this time, we are manning the ramparts. It is not like 2020 and the 2020 campaign or the 2020 RNC. We are ready to roll. Dave Brat. Yeah, I, I think the key point is Virginia, uh, with the Yunkin win all through the state, I think it was 95% poll coverage. And that's all we want is free and fair elections. Like uh, you say all the time, uh, you deliver a uh, election, you know what? Uh, uh, and coming up, and that, that's because uh, there's going to be 95% eyeballs just watching to make sure uh, that legal citizens fairly vote. And uh, nothing radical about that. 
And so uh, all sorts of networks set up across the country at the uh, national, state, uh, local levels. And that's a good thing. And it's it's not a red or blue thing. We just want uh, fairness. And so when you hear stuff like that, it just brings back, uh, Americans don't want to hear that. It, it, it just rings hollow and, it, and it, it, it's just cringeworthy because it puts into play uh, an extended American period of unease uh, with trust in our institutions uh, when we when we sorely need uh, to get back to the basics, right? God, country, family. Yeah, I think that's what 80% of Americans want. Uh, Dave, hang with me. Dave Bratz going to be my co-host uh, for this hour. I want to go to uh, Jenny Beth Martin, Tea Party Patriots. Jenny Beth, you've done an amazing job going throughout the country, kind of in a parallel organization to the RNC. You and Cleta Mitchell have been training up people. When you hear that coming out of MSNBC today, that, oh, yeah, you know, in Philadelphia, you have the mail-in ballots, and Kater's got the, her, her knitted brow, knitted brow, and they've seen the polling. They've seen Oz up three. There's three polls out today. Oz is up three. We're winning this thing at every level. And this, I don't want one person in this audience or anywhere to say, oh, my gosh, they're going to say, no, we are not going to allow this. You're all going to go out to vote. You're going to drag everybody else you know how to vote. You're going to volunteer for something. We're not going to let this happen. Jenny Beth Martin. Uh, that is absolutely right. We have volunteers all around the country. We have an incredible team of people who have been working very hard in Pennsylvania, um, also in Wisconsin, in Arizona. Um, every single poll watching shift is covered in Maricopa County. They still need other areas covered in in Arizona, but um, Gina Swimboda, who's with the Voter Reference Foundation, and Charlie Kirk in Turning Point, and Tyler Boyer, and we've been out there, and Cleta's been out there. Uh, it, uh, Heritage Action has been out there, Honest Elections Project. It is all hands on deck. We're making sure people are trained. We have poll watchers in place. If people still want to poll watch, we still have time to get more people trained to be poll watchers. And we created a special website for that, helpatthepolls.com, helpatthepolls.com. But we are getting people in place so they are there to observe what is happening. We're not going to have a repeat. They're not going to kick us out at the end of the night and say, oh, no, you can't watch. You can't do the poll watching. We know what the laws are. We know what we're allowed to do. We're going to follow our law, the laws, but we're also going to exercise our right as citizens under the laws to be able to observe the processing and counting of votes as each state allows. They're not going to get away with it. When I hear that from MSNBC, it sounds like, oh, no, it's deja vu of 2020. But it's not <laughs> because we have people no, in place no, now that we're we ready. did not have in 2020. Yeah. And, and Steve, yeah. even the RNC, they've got, a, they've got hotlines set up. They are ready to man those hotlines. They have attorneys in place that were not there in 2020. So it is much no. different than it was in 2020. No, no, this is a whole different game. Mark Elias tipped his hand. By the way, for Mark Elias and the crowd over at MSNBC, I, I, I forgot I had so many notes in the in the first hour. Uh, I think the federal judge came out and just ruled that the watch the box crowd. In fact, can we try to track down? Uh, I'm telling my staff right now. See, if we get Melody Jennings on for this hour. Uh, that the watch the box crowd. The guy, the judge said, uh, I'm not going to tell them to stand down because this is their constitutional right. They were doing everything fairly. They were at the exact location. Now, were they in camis? Yes. Did they have, uh, you know, weapons? But that's Arizona. You have you have uh, open carry. It's the state yeah. of Arizona. That's the law. The guy, the judge said, I can't go against the Constitution. 
That's another example that we're fo- people are there following the law. They're not trying to suppress votes. They're there following the law. And we're going to watch these boxes. It's just, I, Jenny Beth, I want to hit rewind. I want you to go back over this again because it's so powerful. We are prepared this time. We are trained this time. We will never, ever allow, this is not about Trump. This is what they left. This is not about Trump. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. We understand we're in a constitutional republic, okay? That has been bequeathed to us from every battlefield that's since the revolution down to the current day. We have a moral, moral obligation to pass that down to, to future generations. And how do you pass it down? You got to sort it out and square it away. And that's what we're doing here. So on MSMC, Katie Turr, oh, yeah, it's going to take a couple of days and Philadelphia's not going to be cut. Hey, we'll see about that. But I tell you, give me again, Jenny Beth, about the intense focus you guys have had in other groups too, to get people trained and also to make sure people understand that they have a responsibility. They're going to be polite. They're going to be very nice, uh, but they're going to be steely resolved. They are not backing down. We're not having uh, no chain of custody, illegitimate, illegal, non-verifiable ballots will not count Jenny Beth Martin. That is exactly right, Steve. There are there's a coalition of over a hundred groups on the center right who have been working on this for the last two years. I personally have done over 120 training sessions around the country since last November, but it's not just me alone. Cletus done 10 or 11 different statewide summits. Heritage Action is out there, Honest Elections Project, Voter Reference Foundation, Turning Point USA, um, Concerned Women for America, Family Research Council, you name it. Everyone is paying attention to this. We want to make sure that we're following the law and that we are prepared to engage our rights as citizens to be a check and balance on the election system. That means showing up, being public observers when you're allowed to be a public observer, being a poll watcher when you're allowed to be a poll watcher. We have people who have stepped up and are actually going to be working the polls. And if there are Democrats listening right now, go sign up and volunteer to be poll watchers within your party as well. We need it on both sides because at the end of the day, the most important thing to you, Steve, to me and to the people watching in this audience is that we continue to have a representative democracy. We live in a republic if we can keep it, and we're going to keep it, but the only way we can have a representative democracy is if we all know, regardless of party, that when we go and cast our vote, at the end of the day, the election results stand and they're legitimate and we can have faith in that. And it is important for all Americans. It is a foundational concept in our country and we're not backing down. And if people still want to volunteer, there is time. Step up and volunteer. Go to helpatthepolls.com. Helpatthepolls.com. Hang over a second, Jay Beth. Let me bring in Dave Brett from Liberty. Dave, is this Burks? When Jenny Beth talks about this, and by the way, the RNC, I think, has trained 100,000 people on top of all the other groups, right? This is tens and tens and tens of thousands of people. Is this Burke's little armies? Is this, this is basically what makes a republic go. This is what, this is the foundational element of our civic society. Is it not Dave Brett? Yeah, I, I think that's right. And uh, you're a little humble about your own role in all this. And so, you know, tip of the hat to you, uh, starting off announcing into that microphone a few years ago uh, when people didn't believe and you had great faith. And so uh, we owe you uh, for that. And, and then uh, it, it's it's the little platoons, but, you know, it, it, it's they're on steroids uh, because 
now we've hit new territory, right? Uh, when the Justice Department uh, does policy and goes to war against uh, homeschool moms, puts them in handcuffs, uh, and calls them domestic terrorists, uh, that ignites the fire underneath those little platoons, right? So the organizations have been there, uh, but they've never been lit like this, right? They're lit. Now we've got economic uh, catastrophe. We go over that every day. We got China catastrophe. We're talking about nuclear war. I just read a Wall Street piece on we need to talk about nuclear war. That That's not a good thing, right? I didn't have that four years ago. So a lot of policy changes, uh, schools, drag queens, we're sending grants to Peru. Uh, and so it, it, it's a combination. Yes, we have the groups. Yes, we have the eyeballs. God bless Jenny and what she does, all her hard work. Uh, not downplaying any of that, but all the policy uh, is, is combined, right? And complementary to the groups now in a way it has not been. And so, yeah, there, there's a wave and it, it's not just a red wave. It's an American wave. Thank God. It's an American wave. And by the way, the wave, remember, is twofold to this. In 16, we won and we closed on the win. In 20, we won and we didn't close on the win. Now, in 22, we are winning in a massive red tsunami and we're going to close on that win. Jenny Beth Martin, where do people go? What can Tea Party Patriots commit to about what they will learn, what they will see if they go to the site? And you're not too late. Everybody wants to have a piece of this. When this is over in the days after, you're going to want to have a cocktail, a beer, an adult beverage of your, of your choosing and be able to sit around with a group and say, hey, I, I was working phone banks in New York. I was doing something for Zinke out in Montana. I was a poll worker in Arizona. I did something in the Rio Grande Valley. This is a national battle. We've shown this from Maine to we just had Sarah Palin on here for Alaska. OK, and everything in between from Florida, from Luna down there, Anna Polina Luna, all the way up to Joe Kent in Washington, from Florida to Washington, from Arizona to New York, from Maine to Alaska. This is a national, this is election has been nationalized and we're winning. We're going to have Jane Zirkel, Calamity Jane's going to be here in a minute. Politico has a piece today, uh, bad news for the Democrats, the youth vote is not showing up, okay? That was their last element, right, was the youth vote. Now they're nonstop with the Pelosi thing, there's other things that were terrorizing election uh, officials. They're all scrambling for the hills, and that's where they're going to say it's all screwed up because we've scared everybody to do it. Hey, what we're doing is having civic engagement. This is the basis of civic society. Our side has answered the call. They've gone through the training. they put through the work. And they're going to show up. And we don't care if the mainstream media, I don't care if the Washington Post, New York Times, MFC doesn't like it. I could give a good damn about whether you like or don't like. It doesn't matter. It's going to happen. Jenny Beth Martin, where do people go for the Tea Party Patriots element of this to make sure that people are fully engaged, ma'am? So you can go to teapartypatriots.org, teapartypatriots.org, or helpatthepolls.com, helpatthepolls.com. It doesn't surprise me at all that they don't have the youth vote, Steve. My kids, as you know, I have twins, and they're 19 years old, and I get text messages from them while they're at college of the cost of gas when they're going to fill up the car. The youth vote doesn't like what they're seeing at the pump or, or in other places around the country any more than the adults do. No, you're 100%. They, they know there'll be Russian serfs under this regime. They're, they can't afford a mortgage. The, the, the highest in 20 years are not going to own anything. Real wages are dropping. 
They see they're not going to be any jobs for them when they come out of school. These kids are not dumb. They're smart kids. They're looking around. They, all the propaganda they're dumped on in college and also in elementary school all the way up, they're not stupid. They can sit they're there and not- go, you know what? Maybe they're, not, maybe they're not ready to vote for MAGA. Maybe they're not ready to vote for anything associated with Trump or the Republicans. But you know what? If they just stay home, that's okay, too. Right? That's okay. That's okay. It's fine. That's perfectly all right. Just stay home. Jenny Beth, uh, once again, where do people go to participate? At, um, go to teapartypatriots.org, teapartypatriots.org, or just go to helpatthepolls.com, helpatthepolls.com. And people can follow me on Twitter and everywhere else at Jenny Beth M, J E N N Y B E T H M as in Martin. And Jenny Beth has been on there. I don't want the MSNBC or Media Matters to think that Elon Musk is letting down the guardrails and letting a wild woman, Jenny Beth Martin, back on the founder of the Tea Party Patriots. Jenny Beth, thank you for taking time away on a Friday to join us. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Stephen. Thanks to your war room posse. Thank you, ma'am. I want everybody to go there right now. Check it out. Be engaged. Make sure you can say, hey, I did this during this great fight. Uh, let's bring in Jane Zirkel. So, Jane, I sent you this article. Because the last, the last four or five days, because they're always grasping at something, you know, it's mask or it's the vaccine or it's Ukraine. They, they got to grasp at the next thing, they call it. The next thing for the last week has been the youth vote. And this is why Biden today said, hey, I'm telling these kids I'm cutting checks in 10 days. He just picked a random date right, right before the 8th. He just picked a random date. They're, they're, they're trying to bail out everybody on these deadbeat, these deadbeats for these loans. They're trying to do everything for the youth vote. But Politico laid it out. Doesn't look like it's showing up. Walk us through the Politico article and then your thoughts on this calamity Jane Zirkel. Well, Steve, you're exactly right. And the Democrats are facing a major reality check when it comes to the youth vote. And as War Room talked about over a week ago, the left has launched a media campaign trying to push the narrative that young people are motivated to vote based on this woke agenda, the climate change, abortion, gun control. This past week, we saw Barack Obama launch an ad regarding these issues, where he even featured the TV show Euphoria as a pop cultural reference. And if you watch Euphoria, you'll know that it's essentially about young people snorting cocaine out of each other's mouths. And how cool of him to say this when we're in the middle of a fentanyl crisis. If you look at the polling data, young people care about the economy. They care about their quality of life. And they understand that under Joe Biden, they are much worse off than they were under President Trump. And you're seeing this at, and you're seeing this at, the, at the voting polls. You're, you're seeing how in North Carolina, early votes, the average age of the voter is 66 years old. And only 5.4% of early ballots cast are for voters under the age of 30. So the Democrat Party has completely lost touch of the young vote. They do not serve young people, and that's why young people are not engaging with them. And this is in stark contrast from what we saw in 2018 and the 2020 elections, where the young vote is largely attributed to Democrat victories. So that's why on November 8th, we are going to destroy the Democrat Party as a national political institution. You're seeing it with the young vote, you're seeing it with the Hispanic vote, you're seeing it with the black vote, you're seeing it everywhere. And the Democrats are running scared. Now, I, I wanna make sure, and this is very important. I, I'm not saying that political article doesn't say, are not saying right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you've had more time to go through it. 
It's not that the youth vote is is coming for MAGA or vo- voting on GOP. They're saying when you look at actually the numbers of people showing up early, that the percentage of young people is shockingly low. I mean, they had banked on, I think in 2020, Jane, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was 38% of what they define as the youth vote turned up. The The traditional, I think, range is around 30 to 32%. What Politico implied, the number might actually be lower than that. The Democrats are banking on to be competitive here of a number 38% or higher, maybe even 40%. Is that essentially the thesis of the Politico piece? Yes. So again, going back to North Carolina in 2020, early voting, we saw triple the amount of what we're seeing right now. So the youth vote is very, very unsure about how they're going to cast their vote, whether it be Republican or Democrat. But it's very telling to only have 5.4% of early voting in North Carolina be for under 30 years old. Jane, you've been with us now going out to, to and mainly conservatives, but I know you have friends and, and contacts given your time in, in D.C. and other places, New York, uh, that are broader. What What is your sense? Is what you see on the ground and what you know uh, correspond to what Politico is saying, that young people are not as gung-ho as MSNBC and, uh, and the mainstream media has been telling us to come out and support the social, the woke social justice warrior agenda? of the Biden regime? I think they've gained an understanding that there are more important issues than the climate change hysteria that has been fed to them by the liberal media and the indoctrination in the school system. As you get older, you start to take on more responsibilities, such as potentially wanting to buy a home or starting a family. And you need a good economy. You need a strong economy in order to do those things. And they understand that Joe Biden is not delivering on the strong economy front. I want to go to, if you can hang on a second, uh, Jane, just stick right there with, with uh, Dave Brack. Do I have Brandon Showalter? I want to bring in Brandon because we played this to open uh, with uh, Josh Hammer, the uh, op-ed editorial uh, editor, the head of Newsweek's editorial, and he has a great piece in, um, in um, The Spectator about this situation. So this was, I think, last Sunday. It was over the weekend, or early in the week, but the thing played Sunday where this youth, uh, this young person's college-educated young people had this, the streaming news service has this, um, they were going to have an interview with Biden. It was going to take one hour, and they talked about topics, and the topics that Jane laid out were climate change, abortion. I think they had some other social justice warrior. But one of the things they had is trans rights, and they had a young guy or somebody in transition, right, that had been a kind of a failed um guy that had a TikTok, I think it was interviewing animals or something, but wasn't particularly big. But then he went into this, what's called the transition. And all of a sudden he's got 8 million followers. And, uh, and he was actually going to interview the president of the United States as part of this program in the East room. And, uh, and, and we've played that as, you know, and now people are very, very focused on it. The president with all the issues out there, and, and all the pressures and the, everything with the, with from geopolitics, the national security, invasion of the southern border, inflation, economy, how do you find time for this? And then you got to ask the question, you see the youth votes not showing up. Have they misread where young people's heads are at? Have they misread what a priority this is for people? Then the state of Florida today, I think the state of Florida came out and they're talking about these medical boards and they had a vote in the free state of Florida. It looks like they're going to really drop the hammer here or really 
get serious about what happens to these youths. I brought Brandon Showwater from the Christian Post. I think has been the investigative report has been most on top of this. Uh, t- tell us what's going on, Brandon, particularly in Florida, and how that plays out to this kind of youth vote, which they happen to think that trans rights is in the top, you know, two, three, or four priorities for college kids. Well, there's no question that the younger cohort of voters is generally supportive of this kind of thing. But let me tell you, I think it's a death knell potentially for the party as a whole, because I get phone calls all the time from lifelong Democrats who tell me that they will absolutely never vote Democrat again, particularly when this invades their home and their young teenage daughters go off and get their breasts cut off and testosterone from Planned Parenthood. This is an absolute nightmare. And the fact that the Biden White House brought in that guy uh, to, who's impersonating a woman. I think Ulta Beauty Products featured him in some sort of idiotic podcast. It's so demini- diminishing and demeaning to women and offensive. And it, it, I, I, it's, I just, it's surreal watching this. But to your point about Florida, it is hard to articulate just how important what it is that they've done down there because the DeSantis administration has been, as far as I know, the only state that they've actually examined, the medical board in that state has examined the evidence, which is paper thin for so-called gender affirming care. And so now what they've done, they took a vote and they've banned this, the medical um, board committee today. And I think it's going to go to the full board soon. Uh, But now if the Florida, Florida legislature would act, they'd have air cover because their state medical board, their, their health system, has reviewed the evidence and they said there's nothing. Unlike, say, Arkansas or Alabama, where they've passed laws and God bless them for trying to prevent the sterilization and the permanent disfigurement of children in their states, the courts can sort of hamstrung this. But now in Florida, because they have this state government review of the evidence, which they put out earlier this year, they're covered in a way that the other states have not. And I would anticipate that other Similar conservative states are going to follow Florida's lead in the coming months and years, uh, hopefully soon, because so many children are being disfigured. Okay, Brandon, I'm going to ask you to hold on. I'm going to ask Jane Zirkel to hold on. I'm going to ask Dave Bratt to hold on. We're going to continue this conversation and take a a short commercial break. We also have a very special, uh, The Rise of the Biomedical Security State. It's a book that Regnery's just published. I had a chance and honor to read this early. Uh, It's pretty shocking and a fabulous, fabulous piece of work. Take a short commercial break. We're going to be back here. We're packed on a Friday evening, early in a Friday evening. You don't want to miss the last 30 minutes of the war. We'll be back in a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. 
go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. I am extremely privileged to live in a state that allows me access to the resources I need, and that decision is just between me and my doctors. But many states have lawmakers that feel like they can involve themselves in this very personal process. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. Okay, welcome back. Brandon Showalter of the Christian Post. Give us one more time. What exactly happened in the free state of Florida today, sir? The medical board may took a vote that will prohibit this, uh, and it will go on to a fuller committee vote, if I understand everything correctly, in the state of Florida. And this follows on the earlier guidelines that Surgeon General Ladapo uh, and at the behest of Ron DeSantis, the governor, issued these guidelines saying that the evidence for so-called gender-affirming care, which is the most misleading euphemism there is in this space, there's no evidence for it. That means puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, uh, body-altering, disfiguring, medically unnecessary surgeries to make the body appear as the opposite sex. There's no evidence for this in the state of Florida, and the committee just voted to affirm that. And so. Um, so children, minors sh should not be treated with that. Now, is that going to stop these clinicians that are providing it? Uh, these are lawless folks, and so I very much doubt it. 
Um, but what you just saw there was the White House endorsing some of the most insane and evil forms of child abuse the world has ever seen. It's an absolute disgrace. By the way, so the Josh Hammer, I want to make sure we get this up in, in uh, on Frank's speech and all of it, all of our different sites. Josh Hammer wrote this piece in The Spectator. And Josh, a very smart guy, said, this is a mask off moment. What Biden said right there is a mask off moment. And this should be galvanizing for conservatives. It's time that people stop hanging back on this. We know it polls 95 to 5, right? And mm-hmm. people need to step up here because it's the moral and right thing to do. Why are more states? So that's the kind of the thinkers and, and you know, the Josh Hammers and, and the intellectual leaders of the MAGA movement and conservatives. Why are more states not taking, like you got Dr. Latipo down there has been so magnificent, right, in the free state of Florida. Why are more states not just have, taking this through medical boards now? Because the science, you know, trust the science. Why are they not doing it? Brandon Showalter. Well, every state is structured a little bit differently. And so I, it, I think the way I'm, I'm no expert on state governments or how uh, their public health systems are um, arranged, governmentally speaking. But in Florida, it works in such a way because I believe the governor has the kind of authority he does with the uh, with medical authority. That's not the case uh, in every state. I don't think it's the case in Alabama where they they passed a law. Uh, and God bless legislators for trying to do something that will prevent children from being sterilized and permanently maimed. I know uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene's bill would make it a class C felony at the federal level. I'm, you know, I totally understand the efforts because I think legislators just got walloped by this insane child abuse and they're still trying to figure it out and what the best way to approach is. But if it's not done the right way, if they don't do it with the kind of foresight that I think Florida has had, you'll have a patchwork of well-intended laws, but they'll wind up being adjudicated for who knows how many years in the court system. But again, what Florida has done is provided air cover for if their legislature decides to move forward with some kind of law, their medical authorities will have already said as much. And it's true. Uh, Basically what England and Sweden and other European nations have done, saying that there's no evidence to be putting children through this meat grinder of experimental hormones and surgeries. Show Walter, how do people follow your uh, writings, your investigative reporting of this? Because you are the tip of the spear in this topic. Well, that's very kind of you, Steve. I appreciate it. Um, and I do think that this is going to be a bigger issue in this upcoming election than more than one people realize. And I think more people are going to see that. But you can find my work at the Christian Post, christianpost.com. We're hoping that we'll be unfrozen from Twitter since we called Rachel Levine a man and we've never backed down. So we're hoping we can be tweeting again from the Christian Post. But my Twitter handle is at Brandon M. Show. And a third episode in my investigative podcast series called Generation Indoctrination is now live wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. Brandon, thank you very much for joining us and thank you for all the great reporting you're doing. And I agree with you. This, you. Is a, this is a... This is a very powerful yet quiet uh, topic out there that people are talking, they're going to vote on it. Jane Zirkel, um, once again, I just want to go through the math quickly before I go back to Brett. The cavalry that they're p- pushing on MSNBC and CNN nonstop, it's all going to be the youth vote. It's going to be the college vote. Just walk me through the numbers that Politico put out there. I just want everybody to understand that the math is the math. And this is Politico. It's not Gateway Pundit. It's not Breitbart. It's not Citizens Free Press. Walk me through the math real quickly. So while they list a Harvard study that says young voters intend to vote, they haven't done that in states like North Carolina and Pennsylvania. 
the average age of voter indicated by early polling data shows that it's it's on the higher end in their 60s and their 70s. And there's a very, very low voter turnout regarding Americans under the age of 30. In North Carolina, only 5.4 percent versus in 2020, we saw over 16 percent of young voters show up for early voting. So there is a huge, huge contrast. And it's very, very telling because it shows that young people are apprehensive to vote for the Democrat Party, which is a vote that Democrats largely relied on. Jane, how do people uh, get to you doing live streams all the time now with the savage angels of uh, the war room? Uh, how do people get to you? How do they find about your live streams and talk to you about talk to us about your social media? You can find me on Twitter, Getter, YouTube, and Instagram at Jane Zirkle. So they've allowed your 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 YouTube account is back up, although minus the war room <laughs> minus the war room hits. Is that correct? So everything with you in it, Steve, was taken down, but everything else was left up. <laughs> Jane Zirkle, you're a killer. You keep fighting. By the way, the audience loves you because of the great work you do. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. What I'm really proud, of, I think Natalie Winters is 21. I think Jane just turned 20. So this, these, these are killers because of the work they do. And people got to understand, not just the smarts, but the, the grit and determination to do this work and do it right. Dave, Brad, I want to go back to, because uh, you're a political philosopher, I want to go back to, um, and you teach at Liberty, one of the great schools yeah. out there for freedom and for liberty. I want to go back to this comment about uh, that Biden made about it's, uh, it's morally and legally wrong. Uh, what's your assessment of that, sir? Yeah, I'm glad you asked me that. I, I wanted to weigh in on, on that phrasing, which is just absurd, right? Uh, for the president of the United States to weigh in on, on, on a moral position like that, there, there's no such thing as morality. There's no such thing as ethics, right? The, uh, the academic textbooks out of Harvard or UVA have the ethics of Kant or Aristotle or the utilitarians, which no one follows. Uh, people live out their lives based on religious ethics, right? 90%, right? The Judeo-Christian tradition, uh, Confucianism, Buddhism, Islam, etc. And so I would love to hear the president uh, sustain his argument uh, in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he, he, he's just, and even more striking was when he said, I think in a republic, he put down, in the first place, he's putting down federalism, right? Which is... Uh, the way our republic was set up, that the states uh, should be in charge. And so he's acting as if there's a, a dictator in charge. And then he's acting as if his singular uh, moral uh, ideals uh, have something to do with anything. Uh, they do not in a republic, right? And so uh, his, his, he's, you know, uh, somehow related to the Catholic tradition uh, but Aristotle is the, uh, the the great grandfather of reason in the Catholic tradition, and Aquinas, his brother, uh, you know, brother in the faith, Aquinas, and uh, they would they would uh, be rolling over uh, on these moral positions, and uh, the, the American people get this right intuitively. I'm, I'm making I'm, I'm trying to you know put a little philosophical and theological weight uh, behind these things because that does matter. Uh, we've got to get back to the serious traditions uh, upon which people actually live out their lives and their faith. 
And the Judeo-Christian tradition framed this country's founding at the revolution. It founded it at the Civil War uh, with, with, with rights claims uh, that come from our belief in God. And uh, these, these sexual uh, issues are, are just so out of bounds uh, from the mainstream uh, tradition that's lasted thousands of years. This stuff has arisen in the last two or three years. And major moral uh, positions are being put forward by, by uh, people in serious positions, uh, but not with any serious arguments. And so uh, I, I was glad to hear uh, Brother Showalter weigh in on the issue itself very strongly. And he's 100 uh, percent correct. It shows you what Ron is saying. That's federalism right there. I put a pin in that for a second. I'm going to come back to you, Dave, because I want you to comment on this. By the way, um, this is a horror book. I can't describe it any other way. Uh, Dr. Aaron Karate joins us now. The Regnery's put this out. And in this book, the new abnormal, it's the subtitle, The Rise of the Biomedical Security State. Dr. Karate, I, got to, I just got to read you on the back cover. People have been on these shows, and this is a who's who. Molly Hemingway, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Scott At Dr. Scott Atlas, and Jeffrey Tucker. That We have featured the, these individuals' works over the last two years. This book is... Um, it's, it's Kafka-esque. Dr. Karate, walk me through the ride. What is the biomedical security state, sir? Well, thanks for having me, Steve. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about my new book, which is now available. The biomedical security state is basically the welding of three different things that we've seen accelerate, particularly during the pandemic, but really it's been in the works for about 20 years. And that's a militarized public health combined with digital technologies of surveillance and control. And the third element is tied to the police powers of the state. And a concrete example of, of how this works in the pandemic would be the vaccine passport system, right? Having to show a QR code on my device to get on a plane, get on a train, go to a restaurant, get back into my own country of origin, that it demonstrated that I had done what public health authorities told me to do, including in many cases, injecting a novel substance into my body that I may or may not have wanted. If you would have told people in 2018, 2019, that this is what we would be doing in a couple of years, almost every American would have looked at you as though you were insane and insisted they would never have given up rights and freedoms in this, in this way and submitted to such an authoritarian regime. But that's exactly what happened during the pandemic, I, I didn't set out to write a, a dystopian uh, work of nonfiction. I set out simply to tell the truth about where we're at and where this regime is going in the future. And while the book is sobering, I also try to offer some indications in the last chapter of what needs to be done now to prevent the further advance of the biomedical security state. Because in a sense, COVID was just the beginning. The book's not primarily a retrospective on what happened during the pandemic. It's a forward-looking book uh, examining where the infrastructure that was rolled out in the last few years is going next. What are the next steps in this process? What do we have to be aware of in terms of what's coming down the pike so that we can collectively resist? Here's the, here's the power with Naomi Wolf's book and, and, and Dr. Uh, Malone. We got all these great books coming out. 
But I want to go back to the three points. You, you tie it together in a construct that people can understand. The militarized public health, what is it, the digital aspect of it, and then the police power of this. It is, That's right. I hate to give you a newsflash. It's dystopian, <laughs> no, but it's good. <laughs> it's good that people you you no, but good, you pull it together and understand that this is not going away. And just don't think because this also understands why he still got why why Biden still refuses to lift the emergency uh, the emergency order off the original pandemic when clearly any doctor would tell you yeah. we're not in a pandemic phase right now. Talk to me about the militarized public health, because the public health officials were held up as these heroes. They're on MSNBC and CNN, Dr. Fauci, and all of them are heroes. You're the first guy to nail and say, hey, 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 this is really a militarized public health. And it's been kind of not just militarized. In your book, you can actually argue it's been weaponized. Dr. Karate. So there's a section in the book called War Gaming Pandemics. And it goes through a whole series of uh, international gatherings of top uh, military intelligence, the highest level military intelligence, the highest level uh, corporate executives at big pharma and multinational gigantic financial firms, uh, government officials. And basically what they've been doing every couple of years for the last 10 years is walking through very extreme pandemic scenarios where the outcome of these tabletop exercises is to convince everyone at the table that with the next outbreak of a respiratory virus or even a computer virus, that was the latest one, um, whatever measures we think are necessary are not going to be extreme enough to control the, the pandemic. And during COVID, I think most people aren't aware of several things that happened during COVID. So Israel passed emergency legislation allowing its version of the CIA to spy on its own citizens, to extract track and trace data from their phones without their permission. Now, they at least did that publicly in a legislative session that you could read about in the New York Times. We learned later that Canada did the same thing, but they just did it quietly, even even though Justin Trudeau had said he wasn't going to do that. And furthermore, Vice broke the story a couple of months ago that the CIA did the same thing here with a bulk collection, they, they, they bought a bulk collection of phone-related data. And researchers have shown very clearly that supposedly this bulk anonymized data uh, can't pin down specific people, but it's very, very easy with just, I think, three or four da- data points to identify the exact person that this data point is associated with. So tracking and surveilling all of our movements for public health purposes has become the, the new abnormal has become something that supposedly free democratic nations have have been doing for the last three years with or without the knowledge and consent of the citizens with or without legislative approval from elected officials. One of the reasons we're having this massive red wave, people can't articulate it and they haven't pulled together, this book is the first to kind of lay it out, even with the Kennedy book and these other books are very powerful. This is the first time it's been pulled together. Intuitively, people know that something's deeply wrong. They just understand it. They can't articulate it. They can't, but they know this is not right. This is not how America was. This is not what our founders intended. Even if they don't support, they're not Republicans, they're not conservatives. I'm talking about everyday people. Something is just deep. When they say something's deeply wrong, 
This is what this is one of the aspects they're talking about. But the rise of the biomedical security state. You're over at the uh, was the the ethics uh, policy group right now. T- tell us where you're the head of. How do people get to your Substack? We're going to have you yeah. back a lot because I want to go through details of this. This is a not a sh- chilling book. This is a shocking book because you laid out very fundamentally and basically. And yes, you do have the chapter at the end, and we know what we got to do here. But you need to understand it first, and you do an amazing job that people can understand this, the rise of the biomedical security state, not the national security, the biomedical security state. So where are you right now, doctor? So I'm at the Ethics and Public Policy Center in Washington, D.C. I have a substack. People can find my work at aaroncariotti.substack.com. I'm on Twitter. Um, for 15 years, for my entire career up to last December, I was at the University of California, Irvine, in the School of Medicine, uh, where I directed the medical ethics program. But when I challenged their vaccine mandate in federal court, the university subsequently fired me. So I got caught up in the teeth of this regime last year. And this book is my attempt to make sense out of exactly what you were describing. So many Americans having a sense that what has happened to us recently is just not right. Okay. These book, Kennedy's book, the, you're, this book right here will be one of the, on the top of the stack. There are going to be massive investigations and hearings about this. This has got to be laid out to the American yep. people. This is what I say, deconstruct the administrative state. This is one of the major elements of it, not just the CIA and the national security state of this intelligence apparatus, the rise of the biomedical security state, the militarization and weaponization of this. This is going to be what 2023 is all about. Uh, doctor, real quickly, how do people get you on social media and go to Amazon and get this, Regnery and get this, get this book? How do people get you on social media? Social media, I'm at A. Cariotti on Twitter. Um, and my Substack is called Human Flourishing. So people can go to aaroncariotti.substack.com for my newsletter. Doctor, you've done a great a service to your country and to your countrymen. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. And the people at Regnery, magnificent in publishing. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Steve. Brad, how did Dr. Uh, Dave, Brad, how do people get to you over the weekend? We're going to be back there live tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. I got Bill uh, McGinley on uh, one of the top election lawyers in the country. He's going to join us for the first hour. Brad, you're going to be back with us early in the week. How do people get to you, Dave? Yep, just Brad Economics on uh, Getter. And that, that uh, Aaron is phenomenal, right? The, the Chinese, uh, the green light, yellow light, le- yellow light, red light. Uh, right now with uh, with their social control locking down 10 cities of 30 million each. They're showing us what, what's coming. And uh, so Aaron laid what it out. And, uh, we got we got some time to get it right in the weeks to come. Brett, thank you very much for doing this, taking time away on a Friday. I appreciate it, Dave, Brett. Make Thanks, sure you Steve. go to Brett up at Getter. Thank you, brother. Okay, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, we got McGinley here. We're talking about elections, talking about polling, talking about how we close the deal. Also, we kick off the weekend of Brazil, the evangelical Christian right in a dogfight down for their country in Latin America. We're going to have it all tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. See you back here in the world.